0: It comes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger's dream rather primitive. It's a dream that you get to make real. The passing note of the song. The glimpse of the ship being saw it, Hopefully not. <laughs>
1: awesome. Hey, hey, welcome to the shores. Welcome to the shores. Cheers. We've been away for a few weeks. We have.
0: That's two weeks time. off it's felt weird. <laughs> the whole structure of my life has just fallen apart without you. <laughs>
1: totally. <laughs> that's the truth yeah, I guess we we take a break in July and then two weeks in August, yeah that's so weird, yeah, it throws me off. It really does, yeah, Let's see if we can remember how to do this. Well, I think it's hard because now we have so many things to talk about that we might like mumble and jumble over them. go all over the map, yeah, but I think we're getting better even in that just staying on t- some sort of topic. True. Well, as long as we can find an entry point, <laughs> True. Sure. You and I will enjoy this very much, <laughs> very much. <so. laughs> very much. So. Um, what was it? You, you were going to start off with something. Do you remember what it was? I think so. Um, I, I was listening to, oh, you sent me this
0: podcast about, uh, about money hmm. written by, I think his name is Robert Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. He wrote the book, rich dad, poor dad. And, um, he was talking to Robert Breedlove, who's been, I think, one of our kind of favorite crypto and money guys to listen to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because he gets very philosophical yeah. uh, when he talks about it. He asks yeah, good questions, too. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about thinking. And they said something that I'm going to repeat here that got me thinking. Got me thinking about a lot of things um, in the way that we sort of handle thinking in our modern time, especially in the midst of the COVID debacle. (laughs) Um, So, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is this book that Robert Kiyosaki wrote um, about how he learned about money and finances. um, And he basically sort of, he said that he had two dads growing up. One was his real dad and one was the father of his best friend. And his real dad was both of these men, very smart, very successful, but they had very different philosophies on money. And his real dad was a, a PhD and sort of thought about money the way that we, I think we, most of us do, Mm -hmm. which is you work to get money in order to buy the things that you need. Whereas the rich dad, um, had a different philosophy. And he, I won't go too far into that. That's not the point of what I wanted to talk about, but the entry point uh, to what I want to talk about is he illustrates the difference between the two by saying that uh, his poor dad would say things like I can't afford that. Whereas his rich dad would say, how can I afford that? Mm -hmm. And the fundamental difference of position there and Breedlove comments that um, the former statement, I, I can't afford that shuts down thinking shuts your brain off. It says, Nope, can't have that. Put it out of mind. Whereas how can I afford that? Starts thinking mm-hmm. starts up your thinking yeah, starts up creativity. It starts up innovation, problem solving, the problem solving. And that's not to say that you will decide that you want to afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it got me thinking so much about how many th- of those things do I do in my life, yeah. where I make some statement that rather than shutting, rather than turning on creativity, turning on innovation, turning on thinking, I choose to just simply turn it off so that I don't have to deal with it, mm-hmm. with the thing that you know maybe I want or want to do or don't want, don't want to do conversations that I do or don't want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it occurred to me, I think that over the last couple of years, our cultural position has been one of a lot of the sort of former style of confrontation, the, I can't afford that style, Mm. which is don't think about things too much, you know, sort of accept the, accept the popular lines. I think mandates are sort of like this, Mm -hmm. You just need to do it. Okay. You know, and if you have any aversion to that or then, special circ- circumstance, right. Then you're probably thinking too much. Mm-hmm. Like I saw somebody, uh, tweet in quotes, um, doing your own research is the battle cry of the willfully ignorant. And that's, we could spend a lot of time <laughs> talking about that. Um, <laughs>
1: Oh, it makes me choke just thinking about that.
0: <laughs> but there are a lot of, I think, a lot of sort of pressures or powers in our culture. And I don't necessarily mean powers as in government or powers as in leaders or people. I mean, in the general sentiment, the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Um, some of, a feature of that seems to be that the way that things are phrased or approached is a very much of a don't think about it.
1: Mm-hmm yeah as you're as you're saying that there was a, a couple examples that uh on, on the positive side of this uh uh my son austin has been wanting me to fix his uh, uh vr set thing and you know in typical dad fashion it's like oh cool we'll get to that later right you know and later's like weeks whatever you know but in this instance like he came to me he was like hey i figured it out i mean this is and he figured it out. He saw how he had this one battery pushed down the thing too far so it was no longer making contact. So he went and got some foil and put enough in there to, so the battery could make contact again. Hmm. And it's working. Interesting. Part of it was like, well, that was my strategy. Is I, I was going to wait for you to do it. You know?
0: I'm such a good father. <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah. neglecting you <it> on purpose.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> No, there there there's a there's a critique <laughs> you, to be can made a to,
0: you can teach a man you can teach a man to a fish or ignore him till he figures it out itself <laughs> <laughs> totally.
1: well, I was so proud of him, I was just sort of like yes you know it's it's great yes, I do want to help you I want to help you I want to walk through this with you, but there's something so valuable for somebody to be able to on their own go in and look and research and try to figure it out. Yeah. And it might be tough and difficult and but the thing is, is like the value that you get from doing that, uh, is, I mean, it's empowering, you know, it's like, you could just see it on his face of like, look, look dad, look what I figured out and look how I figured out how to fix it. You know? And yeah. Right. There's something about that, that, you know, cause sometimes uh, he, he kind of has that, I can't attitude, you know, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, I can't afford this, you know? And, yeah. and I've, I've just over the last few years seen him kind of start to shift a little bit, you know, and more and more in that direction of, that's awesome of like, okay, what is the problem? How can I fix this? What are the possibilities and stuff like that?
0: Yeah. And you know, he may, he successfully solved the problem. Mm-hmm. Did he solve it in a good way? I mean, that's yet to be determined probably yeah. because it, I would kind of expect the aluminum would potentially spark or burn
1: <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> Find so. that out, and my house <clears throat> is on
0: fire right now. <laughs>
1: yeah. But isn't that you'd learn that lesson real well, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, it's like I've solved the problem, but not in the best way. Yeah. So what's,
0: what's a better way to, that's do? interesting. Cause you wouldn't know the quality of the solution unless you had some sort of skin in the game to figure out the the solution in the first place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because I was trying to think of other examples of um, without sort of going down the like COVID road or, or government road Mm -hmm. of um,
1: like why you should experience things yourself. Entrepreneurship. I mean, I think about you and how valuable you are to your current job. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you have so many experiences that nobody that has not been an entrepreneur could do, could have. So, there's a lot of things that are just nonsense and noise to you because everyone's like, I can't do this. Or I don't know. It's like, no, you figure it out. You sit down, (laughs) but you only know that by encountering it. Mm -hmm.
0: So I was thinking of of the example, like if somebody said to you, you hear this guitar player, he's the best guitar player in the world. It's true. You can't dispute it. Mm -hmm. You know, I could say, okay, I believe you. And I accept that as true. But it doesn't. It wouldn't really mean anything to me mm-hmm. unless I went and listened to a bunch of other guitar players. Yeah, like the trueness of that statement mm. wouldn't be accessible to me without testing it. Essentially, oh, interesting. Without checking it, mm-hmm. just because some. And I think this is a weird situation we're in in um, in modern times. Is we sort of hold the idea of science up as <clears throat> irrefutable truth. Mm-hmm not in need of experiencing in some sense. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like, I'm trying to avoid going down COVID things, but let's just take masks work, mm-hmm. you know, that's a COVID thing. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> yeah. it's given to us as true because of science. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really matter to you if it's true, unless you experience it to be true. Mm-hmm. So like, like the guitar example, I go listen to a bunch of other guitars, some good, some bad, but now I understand what being good is. And I have a lot more um, admiration Mm -hmm. and understanding of the fact that this guy really is the best in the world. I didn't go listen to the others. I think what I'm trying to combat is this idea of doing your own research, being willfully ignorant. Mm -hmm. I think the whole point of that tweet is like, if you're researching the things that the scientists tell you are true about COVID, then you're being willfully ignorant. Yeah. Um, and I, and I would say, no, it's not that it's not that, um, it's not that I need to test whether or not they're right. Mm-hmm. It's that I, I want to experience
1: what that being right means. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, you need a reference point so like if someone comes up to you and tells you like a is correct and you're like okay well what is what is a in reference to and what what is opposing a you know you just you have no you have no context for you know it's like mask work okay well why are there different types of masks you know it's like uh why do we wear these things in different situations like you go into a a painter's store, you know, you have to be by the really like intense one, you know, it's like, well, obviously that, that has a certain amount of particles that it's, it's filtering out. You know, it's like, what's the difference between a cough mask and an N95 mask? You know, it's like, well, what is it filtering out? You know, these are all like really valid questions to ask. You know, it's like there's different micron size and each one has different uses for different situations and right. scenarios. Right. And so, I mean, these are all good questions to ask. And it's like, okay, well, what is, what do the papers say? What are some of the studies on this say? Well, it's not
0: that they're just good questions to ask. It should matter to us. Yeah. Like, if there mm. is really a deadly disease in our midst, then it should matter to us if we want to live. And nothing matters to us more than wanting to live. Totally, yeah. So, the fact that that's not an interesting conversation is absurd. Mm-hmm. But I think that the way that a lot of this is couched is, in again, more of this don't think about it. Mm-hmm trust the science masks work yeah it's like well what do you even mean by that statement masks
1: work work to what Mm -hmm. and in what way like And in what situation what scenarios is
0: this it just seems so obvious to me that that's at the very least a highly interesting conversation (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) you know but if you ask it i think you're sort of met with this like you know, <laughs> you must be a Trump supporter and just want everybody to die <laughs> so, or you murder
1: grandma or whatever. And it's like, n- no. And also if you've lived long enough, you too, is like, you know, lots of things work, but a lot of th- those same things have negative consequences or negative, uh, uh, drawbacks or negative, um, trade-offs, trade-offs. Yeah. Everything's a trade-off too. So if you, you know, um, uh, no, shoot, I was going to use stupid examples. But yeah, I mean it's like the you know like kids with masks and stuff like that and in their formative years as far as like not being able to see faces, you know or yeah. um I mean for me it's just like I hate talking to people with a mask on. So I usually just don't talk to people when I have my mask on, right. you know. It's like it's just so annoying and you know you could say like well get over it, you know. It's like but
0: well don't worry the <clears throat> the American Academy of Pediatrics just deleted all of the science mm. pointing to Facial expressions being important to childhood development. So that's no longer true. Oh, that's no longer true. Because <laughs> right. okay, the science doesn't say it anymore.
1: <laughs> oh, there's so many of those kind of crazy things that have happened this year. There's that one with uh, boys and masculinity and stuff like that. Uh, that was earlier, like about two or three years ago. Oh, about um,
0: the psychological journal mm-hmm. talking about toxic masculinity being the.
1: Uh, biggest problem for young boys or something like that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's fascinating to me too. It's like, I think that's the dangerous thing is, and again, it's hard because you do want to be able to, like, we need to trust our scientists, you know, to a degree, but we also need to, look and see like what are the different groups of scientists talking about? I mean, there's people that have a little bit more nuance and there's political scientists. (laughs) And I mean, not actual scientists who are being political. It's, it's, it's like, it's like the people act as if science scientists are this sort of Godlike figure that, uh, worship at the, the statue of science. But Mm -hmm. there's so many motives and agendas and, you know, you know, follow the money, you know, it's like, who's paying for their stuff. You know, it's like, I mean, we get something we've been talking about with big pharma up until probably the last year or two. It's like, we, we've always had a distrust to big, um, uh, big pharma because, you know, we don't know if they have our best interests in mind or if it's a, if it's a dollar amount. And Mm -hmm. so it's good to question that. And those people are scientists.
0: Well, it's like, we're, in terms of, like, our relationship with public health, health guidelines and, and sort of the quote-unquote experts and the quote-unquote science, yeah. um, I think we're still operating on some sort of older, or assuming that we're living within some sort of older model, you know, because we do have to, we have to figure out how to protect um, institutions from perverse incentives. So, like, mm-hmm. Big Pharma, for example. Yeah. Um, we need to, you know, it's a company, Right, profit matters. So, even if all of the individuals in the company have the best intentions, the way that companies operate can still become captured by the perverse incentives of the ne- ne- the necessity to organize the company in such a way that it doesn't go out of business. Mm-hmm. Right. So, it doesn't have to be necessarily like a malevolent person saying money's more important than the safety of the drug. Totally. So we have to protect ourselves from that. Mm-hmm. So we do something like set up the FDA, mm-hmm. right? Okay, great. Now we've got outside regulators checking those incentives, mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, we're all as safe as we can be. Yeah. And I think we're operating as if, yes, that's the world we live in. But you go look now and you realize that the FDA is funded 75% by big pharma. So now the, the potential perverse incentives have moved over into the regulating body to protect us from these things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, shit, we're exposed. Yeah. We're exposed to the danger that we tried to protect ourselves from. And so that's worth
1: it's worth asking those questions. Well, I think, too, is also we're saying that like, like we're not against big pharma. We're not against FD. it's 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 more of like kind of putting things into perspective. Like, oh, that's kind of a little bit of a red flag there. But it, but it could operate just fine you know it's it's not like that's necessarily a sign of something you know falling apart or that is necessarily um uh, conflict of interest you know i think there's a little bit of conflict of interest just in just in principle there but they could be like all have the best best interests of us in mind and and it's a good thing you know Does yeah. that make sense. I, I, I just more like it's a. Yeah. I think what you're trying to say
0: is that there there are those who will listen to what I just said and say he thinks the vaccines aren't safe. Mm. Yeah, when I didn't say that at all.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think maybe you're trying to hedge that. Is that mm-hmm. fair? No, it's fair because I think you know we're we're, we're making one point, but then just to acknowledge that. <clears throat> cause I, mean, I was, we've we've talked about a lot of these things, and sometimes whenever. I feel like in this climate right now that it's so easy for people to jump to conclusions. And, and I see it a lot online too with uh, a lot of these doctors who are kind of speaking out, uh, about the vaccines and about age groups and, you know, uh, many of them are vaccinated and they're older people and they're saying older people, yes, do it, get it. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about our kids, There's a nuance that they bring to it or even people that are healthy or that, you know, it's like, hey, you know, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated are spreading COVID. You know, it's like they're. yeah. And then they But everyone always comes off as like, you're such an anti-vaxxer or you don't. You know, it's like, no, I'm not. Well, this goes (laughs) back
0: to the whole. This is nuance. (laughs) Right. And this goes back to the whole premise, which is, you know, your position should be accept the line Mm -hmm. and don't think about it Mm -hmm. because. I could say, hey, look, these doctors, like doctors are experts, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They are experts in their field. And doctors are saying things. I'm not making a proposition about whether those are true or false. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, it seems crazy to me that the doctors speak up and then the, the line, I need a different word for this, because I don't want to say the party line. It's not the party line, but it is like that. It's like the the zeitgeist line ideological line yeah we'll say well no not those experts these experts Uh totally like we'll choose the experts Mm -hmm. that you're allowed to listen to Mm -hmm. and in general those tend to not be the kind of experts that i would generally think are experts Mm -hmm. so
1: i don't know if i'm getting way (laughs) (laughs) we're getting kind of in the weeds but i think the basic idea is like like if Matt and I had it our way, we would have a panel of ten people on the spectrum of all of this conversation, and we would want them to make their cases and ask each one of them questions and and mm. I feel like that's what we do in our in our ridiculous uh private lives is we like look at all different sides of the of the story and it's not that we know anything different, but we're just curious like okay, oh wow, these vaccines seem like they're amazing well that's kind of i mean most things in life there's kind of trade offs and nothing ever works that well is it does it really work that well is there dissenting vo- uh, voices well let me go see what the dissenting voices have to yes. say
0: and i think in this in this landscape the word dissent start to starts to sound like a bad thing hmm. and you made the point earlier off off the podcast that like you really want dissent mm mm-hmm. I think that's worth touching on for a second here about why that is because dissent makes you think. Yeah. So if you have some proposition that you accept as true, you know, it's like the guitar player. Um, what does it mean for that to be true? Mm -hmm. You kind of, well, you need to think about it and how do you think about it? Well, you make, you make counterfactual propositions against it to test what it is against what it isn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what, determining truth the process of determining truth is
1: is sorting out what it is and what it isn't what also helps you give like again references points of reference like you say like i'll say like you know Jimi hendrix was the best guitar player ever You're like well you know page was better than him and for these reasons well who's it uh, layla eric clapton eric clapton he was the best and so like then you start like comparing and contrasting and and you can kind of start to see like is there some is one of those kind of start to rise above one or the other you know, and you start making your case for that point,
0: yeah and at the end of the conversation it's possible that you 've changed your mind, but it's mm-hmm. also probably more probable that you walk away thinking my original proposition was even truer than I thought, mm-hmm. and I learned that by sure. arguing it mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know it's interesting to me because. Like we used to have debate class in school, and like the whole point was there's value in taking two sides of an argument and pitting them against each other. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> doesn't matter what you think about either side. It's value. It's a valuable exercise to do. Mm-hmm. And so the whole premise is pick two people arbitrarily, assign them a point of view. Doesn't they don't have to, doesn't have to be their point of view. Just assign yeah. it to them and make them argue it. <clears throat> and it seems like like that kind of thing is just, isn't allowed yeah. anymore. Wait, or at least we don't think we don't think of it as beneficial.
1: Well, I think it's hard. I mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm sure I have areas, you know, again, blind spots. So I, I wouldn't know it if it, <laughs> you know, it's like where, like, I don't want to really, I don't want to listen to anything about that, you know, like, politics was probably our thing before the last three or four years. Yeah, it's like, true. I don't really care. Like, yeah, they, they do their thing and they politic and it's like, it's really boring. Yeah. <laughs> Uninteresting. You right. Know? It, and then, I mean, we kind of got drawn into the last few years, almost unwillingly, you know? Um, but I mean, again, it's like, you know, one thing I was, uh, I went to Colorado and I was just, you know, sitting in the woods and I was just like, wow, it'd be so nice to just stick my head in the sand out here and just forget about all the bullshit out there. That was what, what amazed me about that. Cause mm-hmm. so I don't know if you want to tell any more
0: of that story, but yeah, you, you know, were off grid for what, six days or something. Mm-hmm. No wifi, no cell, no yeah. nothing. Yeah. And so you and I are generally have like conversation going pretty much nonstop. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so like not talking to you for six days was really weird. But what was really interesting to me was that when you came home and I sort of caught you up on the six days, Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit, a lot has happened (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you're not really aware of it. Yeah. it's kind of back to the previous point. You don't even understand without comparing it to something else. Yeah. And, it, and it, that allowed me to compare, like, the bandwidth of information that we are, as a culture, dealing with on a weekly basis is massive. Yeah. And you don't know how massive it is until you ch- have the opportunity to turn it off.
1: And it's only massive because of all the social and, uh, you know, Internet stuff that we have access to that information. It's not like nothing was going on before, <laughs> right, know, before right. the Internet, you know, which is. We just have access to it. Mm-hmm. And we're like sucking at a fire hose. Yeah, totally. Which is, there's some really great things about it and probably some unhealthy things about it. I think so. Yeah. Well, the other thought with that was, you know, so I I was sitting there just like, man, I just would love to just disconnect and not, not worry about all those things. You know, it's like, whether I wear a mask or not wear a mask or get a shot, not get a shot, Republican, Democrat, <laughs> all those things. And just like be, and, yeah. and, you know, uh, you know, romantic, I like go hunt for your food, fish for your food and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. uh, but then like the, the image, a lot of Tolkien stuff, kind of a lot of imagery was, was, uh, with me throughout the whole trip, but, uh, it just made me think about Hobbiton, you know, it's like they lived in this little bubble of a place and they didn't want to be bothered by the outside world but the outside world came to them, you know? So there's a certain amount of like, um, uh, it's really nice to, to kind of not be engaged in the world around you, whether relationally or politically or, uh, some, some form of fashion, you know, it's like, but at some point if you, if you don't engage the world, it's sort of, a, it sort of will invade your life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's some things with, like, just reality in general that kind of comes into that conversation also. Um, like, you can kind of try to live in this sort of, like, um, picture-perfect, safe environment and try to build everything around you to to ensure this safe and perfect environment. But at some point, reality is going to come in and knock on your door, you know? So, if, so example, you know, if you don't engage the world and really pursue, like, what's going on here? What is this vaccines? Where, when are we going to get out of this? Okay. So we've gone from, you know, slow the curve or, you know, two weeks to slow the spread. So, you know, there's all these things that, and so like at some point you have to start questioning, like what, what are we really trying to do? Is there, is there a point, is there a point where we're going to go from pandemic to endemic? Like this is something we're going to have to live with, you know, and what does that look like? You know, (laughs) and how would
0: you know when that had happened? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like Like I think a year and a half ago, or 20 months ago, Mm -hmm. we would have said, you know, if we're still doing this in 20 months, then for sure, it's like not a pandemic, it's an endemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what you were saying, like, kind of reminded me of the Garden of Eden. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Like, you have this perfect garden, and it's insulated somehow. That's Mm -hmm. why it's a garden. But at some point, a snake gets in. Yeah. That's making the same point that you were just making. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it introduces something that you're not ready for because you've never engaged right. in maleficence or, or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, so you know, we can sort of accept the party line, ideological line, in order so that we don't have to think so much about everything. And a, that's actually a really good thing mm-hmm. because you don't want to have to think about everything all the time, it's just too much. Yeah. So that's kind of the idea of a garden. Mm-hmm. We're safe from having to think through all of these things, mm-hmm. you know, but at some point a snake's going to get in and maybe that's back to the same idea of, you know, a, an institution can get captured even if no one in the institution intends for that to happen. Mm-hmm. A snake gets in Yeah. all of a sudden something's happening because of perverse incentives that we didn't even notice mm-hmm. slipped in through the crack on the door. Um, you know, or depending on what you want to say about COVID or the COVID origins you know we're doing our best to study viruses but a snake got in and the virus got out
1: mm.
0: you know so you want to you want to live somehow in a way that is thankful for and and respectful of the fact that there's so many things that we don't have to think about and maybe the the icon of that is sort of like the science or the experts mm. or Whatever, But if you're not careful and you're not sort of every once in a while checking that, thinking yeah. through that, thinking through the consequences and the ramifications and how we arrived at these conclusions and do the assumptions still hold and do um, ha- the institutions that are communicating them been protected from perverse incentives. If you're not doing all of that, then the snake getting in can be
1: catastrophic. Dude, you're just like... So, you know you have Aragorn who's always checking the borders, you know, he is actually the one who's protecting hobbits, you know, and he wants to keep people he wants to keep them safe, you know, and he knows that there's a real danger out there, right know? because doesn't he say like
0: their safe, insulated, somewhat ignorant existence needs to be needs to continue existing despite its ignorance, there is good in that mm-hmm. and so he
1: protects it, yeah. And you have also, like, Gandalf's another one of those, you know? And it's interesting how they kind of come at it from different angles or points of view. But then you also have, like, institutions that got captured, you know? The king of Rohan. Like, he got captured by Wormtongue. And that that whole kingdom was decaying because he was ideologically captured by somebody who did not have... did not have the best interest in mind for Rohan. He went into, you know, basically uh, kill, kill, mm-hmm. still and destroy going back to another biblical reference. You know, it's like, uh, but he was a snake who got into the garden of Rohan and it, it quickly decayed and deteriorated. And mm-hmm. so it's like, like we need those that will question like and Aragorn was one of those and Gandalf too. Like they went, they went in and questioned, like even with Gandalf with uh, uh, Saruman, you know, it's like, you know, here's his trusted, uh, mentor and he trusts him, but then something was off. It's like, wait a minute, something you're saying is not correct. Mm-hmm. You're off somewhere. And all of a sudden he saw his, his mentor in a completely different light. And there's something about that is that, you know, you do need to trust people and to, in order to grow and to have mentors and to, for people to kind of lead you, you know, it's like, that's a very important thing. Mm. But you should always be able to question your mentors you know it's like because they also need that correction from their apprentices you know Mm. to keep them well that's
0: that's the descent
1: Mm. yeah the descent yeah yeah you always see that in everything it's like it's like the the apprentice is always this annoying kung fu panda (sighs) who's like just annoying the master but it's odd because the master always ends up growing and Mm -hmm. the student actually you know Come, comes to be the master, right? Right. But it's always through a descent of some sort, you know. Yeah. It's never
0: like a direct sort of replacement. Mm -hmm. I feel like we we talked about that before
1: with Kung Fu Panda specifically. I don't know, (laughs) or maybe uh, next thing you know, we're talking about Mufasa. Mufasa. (gasps) (gasps) Say it again. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the thing so with stories are
0: they're so good to help us with. Yeah. Because we are safe. Mhm. To a degree. Mhm. And you and so 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 you have to trust that. Mhm. It wouldn't actually do you any good to be safe in the first place if you didn't trust that.
1: Yeah. So it's be, not
0: enough simply to be safe. You have to trust that
1: you're safe. Yeah. You can be like in a safe place or, you know, and, and if you don't have that assurity, mm-hmm. like you're actually in a safe place, not like, you know, you're, you're an illusion or whatever. Right. You know It's like, you will never be able to really be able to relax in that safety. You right. Know? Well, like people who are really afraid
0: of flying, I think is a great mm-hmm. example of that. You know, you can tell them that they're safe. Mm-hmm. all you want and explain to them that they're, they're far more likely to die in the car on the way to the airport than in the plane. And yet they are they are not behaving as if they are safe,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, physiologically. And they suffer. And they suffer mm-hmm. and um, go through great amounts of pain. So without the trust of, of in the safety, mm-hmm. the safety doesn't really do much for you. So, <clears throat> but then again, you can also lean too far into the trust to where it becomes dogma Mm -hmm. and no longer questions the safety in which it's trusting. Mm -hmm. And you can get, I think, and if you're not sort of checking that safety and then checking the trust on it too, you get into a situation where one becomes wrong. Yeah. You're no longer safe. Sauron is no longer to be trusted. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you have to be willing to test that trust and test test what it is that it knows, and that is dissent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Otherwise, you're going to get blindsided
1: by something. Yeah, or possessed. Like, so Saruman the, the wizard or Sauron the wizard? Uh, Saruman, Saruman. Okay, I don't remember. Sauron, the, Sauron's the eye. Sauron, yeah. Okay, I always get them mixed up. So. Okay. <laughs> but 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 you saw that with Saruman with Sauron. You know, it's like he got he got. Enticed and overwhelmed by the power of Sauron. And so he gave himself over blindly and completely to serve this other power, you know, because it was going to give him everything that he wanted, you know, in the safety and the security and the, you know, ability to rule or whatever it Hmm. might be. And so there, there was a blind trust that he, and that's something that Sauron required in order to fully, you know, serve him blind trust for the promise of ultimate safety Mm
0: -hmm. and in and in that agreement you lose everything
1: yeah you lose your individuality your Mm -hmm. free will Mm. agency Mm -hmm. well i think in parenting too it's like you know we want to create an environment where our kids trust us but we also want to be always challenging them into the next and so i think that's I mean, I think it's just in life in general. It's like, if you're too comfortable, it's like you, you kind of get wooed into sort of this complacency, you know? And then you're almost at the whims of whatever happens to come along and, and take you away. True. And it's something that your our kids is something that they have to learn on their own too. It's like, you know, there's going to be situations where they come in, whether it be a boyfriend or a girlfriend and, they're completely overwhelmed by the person, and if, I'm just speaking more in a bad context. And then the kid ends up being, you know, not really that nice. But they're so overwhelmed with them, and then their hearts are broken. You know, in a, in a uh, I mean, obviously I'm using a really a bad example, but uh, but they like oh oh sometimes people don't have their best in store or in mind for me. You know, it's like mm. I need to be I do need to protect my heart. I need to watch as I step into a relationship and maybe take it slow, you know, or, or on another side is to like, I I need to open up and to allow myself to love again. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I I can't be so closed off that I'm not open to a relationship. Right. Everything comes back to some sort of balance, Mm -hmm.
0: some sort of constant evaluation of where, lines are. Mm -hmm. Am I too open? Am I too closed? Am I too trusting? Am I too
1: distrusting? Mm -hmm. I think that's the place that we, again, the shores, you know, it's like you, you, it's like we need to be comfortable with living on the shores of, of a place where we can, we can lean into each other, but then we also can kind of like push on each other a little bit to see how stable we are. You know, it's like, like I need you to push on me. You know, to make sure that I'm stable, you know, it's like, and it tells me something too. When you push back on me, it tells me something about myself. Like, Oh, I need to think more about that, you know, mm-hmm. or, Oh man, there's actually something there, you know? And, and I think that's just something that's valuable. So when we hear this sort of these narratives of people saying, trust the science when like I've lived long enough and they go like, well, science is a really complex thing. <laughs> what does that mean? Trust the science. Like right. science is ever evolving and we our understanding of the world is continually, but we do know one thing about science is they have come up with these things called vaccines that are truly amazing. And, you know, that's awesome. You know, it's like penicillin. That was really cool. You know, yeah. Advil. I love <laughs> Advil, yeah, <right. laughs> you know? Uh, so I think that's, I think that's just the hard thing for me. Those blanketed same statements of trust the science like that, that right there just sends red flags up for me. Like, what do you, what does that mean? Hmm. I'm trying to put this back
0: in my mind in terms of like trust and safety. And, mm-hmm. and as we sort of laid out needing, <clears throat> well, you need both mm-hmm. at the same time. And if you are, if you're too trusting, then you're dogmatic and you won't actually check the safety. And if you're safe, but not trusting, then it doesn't do you any good. So trust the science. Maybe if we stick with the plane analogy for a second, you know, I'm terrified of flying and you say, Hey, look, it's a scientific miracle that we can do what we're doing, Mm -hmm. that we're sitting in this plane and it's wildly safe. And so trust the science. Like it's not going to be helpful to me. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm out of my mind afraid. Trust mm-hmm. the science. What do you mean the science? I'm
1: 10,000 feet above the ground. Yeah, it's crowd. not a, it's not a helpful statement for people. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Because it it doesn't speak anything to me. You know, and if you sat down and explained to me um, the concept of airfoils and lift and how this whole crazy thing works. Mm-hmm. You know, and then at that point, trust the science would mean more to me. But again, it does require that understanding. Mm -hmm. So back to the idea of do your own research being an indication of being willfully ignorant. It's like, no, you're just saying words to me that don't mean anything to me. So make them mean something. Yeah.
1: So that I understand the safety that, that I'm supposed to trust in. I mean, even like, again, it can also be infuriating, but it's sort of like, here's the statistics, you know? Like, there's all these planes here's how many plane crashes happen. You drive in a car. Here's your, here's, here's how safe that is. Yeah. But that doesn't help people who are afraid of flying. No. Again, I'm I'm just thinking like, as like, there's all, there's a lot of things to be, to evaluate, you know, it's like one, another thing would be, is that person like, Hey, my, my friend's a pilot come with me and you can ask him questions, you know, Mm -hmm. or her questions. Right. And, You know, it's like, Hey, but you know what? Let's not just listen to one pilot. Let's talk to a couple of pilots, you know, let's talk to a pilot that's been in a crash. Yeah. You know, it's like, that would be really helpful. It's like, here's someone who's, who had an engine problem and they, they had to crash (laughs) their plane and listen to what they have to say.
0: I've, I've I love flying. I mean, (laughs) we've talked about this, but, Uh, uh, um, I was with a friend of mine who owns a, a small plane and, uh, we were flying around, just sort of joyriding around Texas, and um, he, I was actually flying at the time, and I was asking him all these questions, like, kind of like you were just saying, like, talk to a pilot, and I was asking him these questions, like, um, you know, when you learn to fly, do they put you in, like, adverse situations to, like, so you figure out what to do, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, I was like, you know, do they put you in a stall? And he said, yeah, here's how that works, and I was like, how do they t- teach you about engine failure? And without answering me, he just reached over and turned the engine off. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm flying the plane. And he just sort of crosses his arms and looks at me. And like the plane starts nosediving. And he just looks at me. And I was like, What do I do? And he's like, Exactly what you're doing. You're good. And he's like, okay, pull up a little bit. And he kind of like guides me through it. And I mean, it was terrifying and exhilarating and awesome. But it's like it's that experience that you have with someone whose trust is, and understanding of the safety of the actual safety is so big that they're willing to push you into it, and and they're so confident that nothing's going to go wrong that even you and being inexperienced, it's going to be fine. Yeah, and that actually, you know, never being afraid of flying actually made me feel even more confident
1: in the science of flight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> yeah. You had a better understand. You had an experiential like understanding yes, of yes. flying at that point. You know, it's like, and, and something that happened in a negative way, you know, it's like, yeah, I think that's, sorry. I, I kind of go back to is like, you know, like anybody who says, just trust me. Mm hmm. I'm like, I don't know you, (laughs) you know, it's like, but this guy, like, he's like, unless you have a magic carpet, (laughs) totally. the answer is no. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think that's the hard thing is like, it's like, there's so much distrust, you know, in our, in our media that, that we've seen over the last, you know, six or seven years specifically, but it's been going on for a while, but I think it's really come to a head recently. Well, and that's a whole other subject Uh too, is the fact that those who, those who
0: are asking for our trust have have demonstrated to us that we cannot trust them for mm-hmm. quite some time.
1: Yeah, it's like that Jocko uh, uh If I was president, speech. oh, that was so good. He got he got nailed all over the place for it. But Did like, he? Well, I just like I didn't see I was, responses. I was I was reading the responses, and everyone just kind of missed the point. Mm-hmm. He's like, if I fucked this up, this is how I would have addressed it. You know, and you know you you could you could probably argue like whether. As much force as he was talking about, was, was, yeah. Was so just so everybody who's listening yeah. knows what we're talking about, Jocko Willink, um,
0: who is an ex-marine, Navy Seal, Navy Seal, has mm-hmm. written a couple of books. He's like grade A badass. Yeah, like so many tours. Yeah, and he has a podcast now. He's been on Joe Rogan a lot, but mm-hmm. uh, he recorded a like maybe three minute speech, and the the caption for it read if I were the president, this is what I would say about what's going on in Afghanistan right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can go look at it. It's on his Instagram,
1: but it's great. Cause I apologize. Like uh, we underestimated the Taliban. Yeah. We understood, you know, it's like, so he's like, acknowledge- he was acknowledging as if he was president, the failures that happened up to that point. Yep. But this is what I'm going to do in response. Here's how I'm going to correct uh-huh. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that, it's that,
0: recognition that there is a problem Mm -hmm. and that the problem is a failure due to mistakes that were made. Mm -hmm. And here's how we're going to rectify it. Yeah. And that is a trust building thing to do Mm -hmm. because, okay, like I trust that I trust you now Mm -hmm. because you can be honest even when it could hurt you politically. Yeah. And then I actually believe that what you're saying you want to do to fix it will fix it because you have, properly formulated the problem in the first place. Totally properly formulated. That's yeah. huge. Right. So if you're not admitting that that there was a failure, then how are you going to fix it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you can't fix
1: what's not broken. Which, I mean, just to take, like, Anthony Fauci, and then this has been harped on so many times, and and you know, it's like, where you know, masks aren't effective, masks are effective, masks are really effective, double mask, triple mask, you know, it's like that whole spiel of things. Right. It's, you know, it's like, you just feel like you're being gaslit rather than being like, you know, just coming out and straight up saying like, but even that would hurt his credibility as far as like, I said this for political reasons, mm. not as a scientist. Yeah, you know, but that's, the, that's, thing is that's that you, the thing that you have to be willing to hurt your credibility in order to build credibility. True. Well, yeah, I mean, but I think that's where he erred. like, Hey, I made a mistake. I spoke as a politician basically Uh not as a scientist yeah and you're looking to me to be a scientist not a politician i (laughs) fucked up right like that's that was the fuck up well that's the
0: thing i yeah trust trust these experts anthony fauci is a scientist yeah no thank you (laughs) (laughs) well it's just i have a problem with that because he's not a scientist yeah i mean maybe he was trained as one or something he's a bureaucrat. Mm -hmm. He, he runs a large institution. That's that doesn't make him a scientist. Sorry. Yeah. Not saying that he's wrong or shouldn't be trusted or believed. Mm -mm. I mean, I do. It it is hard to trust Fauci because I feel like he's changed his position on so many things so many times. I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know whether to believe you or not. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to go quote unquote, do my own research.
1: Well, that's the thing. I I feel like again, whether this is right or wrong, I don't know, but this tends to, to lead me to more trust. And as I research and look into all these things, is whenever a doctor says, okay, here's what I know. Here's what I don't know. Yeah. And my conclusions from this is this. Now, this would change if these things change. Right. And it would help me. It would, it would make me more certain if these things happen. Yeah. So they give you a way to falsify what they just said. Like, Yes, yes, yes. So that's an actual scientist. That's an actual scientist. Like, I I would be wrong if these things happen. Yeah. And I'm going to be aware of those things, and I'm going to be looking for those things, because if they do start to come up, then we need to rethink where we're going with this. But right now, with the information that I have, this is the direction I think we should be going. And here's how we can falsify that. And here's how we can falsify that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I trust you. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, again, just data report reporting, you know, it's like, Hey, right now we have a really hard time with data reporting. There's, I mean, this is just, you see this all over the place. It's like how people were classifying COVID, how, you know, it's like, whether it's, we don't know whether it's Delta variant, Alpha variant, you know, it's like there are all these things. So people are making these wide, you know, and again, this just happened with the, the, the FDA vaccine. It's like, you know, Pfizer, their old stuff is not it's not approved by the FDA. The new stuff, the Cominitary, what the hell do they make that name up for? <laughs> I don't even know how to say Same. it. I look at it.
0: Cominati. 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 What the
1: fuck is that? I don't know. So that's the stuff that's approved by the FDA, but they've they've made it sound like... <laughs> I feel like they just name drugs after they just eat alphabet soup <laughs> and
0: just like randomly take snapshots. And uh, just like a spoonful.
1: The new drug is named. <laughs> but that's the thing is like they're conflating the two so that people will get the Pfizer that's not, that has not been FDA approved. Yeah, well, be careful with that one. I know I because know. So I've I've been yeah. trying to look into
0: those claims and I haven't determined. Or maybe you've seen more than I have. I don't don't know.
1: know. So yeah, so there's a, there's a good example. This is a caveat. There is some
0: difference between the Pfizer Mm -hmm. shot that people have gotten up until now Mm -hmm. and the drug Comirnaty that was (laughs) approved by the (laughs) FDA. Some difference. We don't know what that difference is. Yeah. Um, so I I think we ought to be careful with that claim, but it it is, it is potentially misleading.
1: (laughs) the 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 media is potentially misleading us potentially or the fda i don't know see i well, I'm, I'm also guilty of this it's like i think that i think you caught you you correctly like helped me like kind of come because i got you know it's like i was overstating my claim yeah. you know and it's right. like no but what is i think clear mm-hmm. is that the
0: vials of vaccine that people have in vaccine centers mm-hmm. is not Comirnaty. Mm-hmm. yes and I don't know if the difference is only the name or if there is some difference in what's inside the vials. That's not clear to me. I think
1: that's a good, I think that's a good place to leave that one. Yeah. Yeah. But there is a distinction. Mm-hmm. So, but even with that, it's like, take it if you want it. If you want it. do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, yeah. I think that's <laughs> the hard thing is, it's like, you know, even the who's talking about like, you know, the third booster shot, it's not a good thing. You know, I think there's, it's just, it's like who, like I can't right. question and like, this. Is back to like okay, so trust the
0: experts. Who are the experts? Is yeah. the WHO experts? Is CDC experts? Is mm-hmm. NIHs experts?
1: We need some clarity here. Yeah, because like you know, at some point you know, even for me, I was just like, well, the who? What the hell are they doing? They're in China's pocket, you know? It's like right. Well, and I. On the other side, I'm like, man, who's saying this? I heard the <laughs> CDC director Rochelle Walensky talking about the
0: third booster shot, and this reporter asked her, you know. Uh, so the third booster shot is going to improve immunity and she said we hope we don't have the data to support that but we hope so and okay that's a big red flag for me Mm -hmm. because the government our government and our experts are saying everybody needs to go get this third booster shot starting in September Mm -hmm. and she's saying out loud we have no data to support this we have hope that's not science that's not science. So trust the science.
1: Well, so forgive me if I'm skeptical about what you mean by the science. Well, I think just to kind of circle this back to our larger point, because I think in all this, I think what we're really just kind of getting at is like it's really confusing, and it's like it's okay to yeah to not as you're looking into these things, it's it's okay to be skeptical, you know? It's like and to like question. And not, and not have a conclusion right away and to just kind of, but also make your decisions based on the amount of evidence that you do have, you know, it's like, it's important to be able to do that. And you should have that freedom to make those decisions based on the information that you have available to you. Absolutely. And it's good to find people that will argue on both sides of the, or not even just both sides, but on all sides of the octagon, <laughs> I'll say there's eight sides. There's only eight sides. Can never be more than eight sides. <laughs> yeah,
0: but but yeah, to your point that it's complicated. Yes, which is why we need experts mm-hmm. so that we don't have to deal with the complexity all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But we need balance between safety and trust. We need dissidents in order to know that the experts that we're trusting are worthy of trust mm-hmm. and that, and that what we are trusting is in fact, ensuring the safety that we
1: rely on. Yeah. And, and humility too. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's an element that has to be present in those things of, and the, and the humility I find most apparent is here's what I know. Here's what I don't know. Here's what I think we should do. However, this would this would lead me to believe that we need to change course. We need to ch- change our course. Mm-hmm. So we're going to move ahead with this, and if these things happen, then we're going to change our course or reevaluate. You know, it's like right, like that is science right there. You right. know, it's like
0: wait, and that's that ins- is science. Right that, there. And that's
1: inspiring. Like <laughs> I feel inspired by
0: that. Yeah, I totally. Like I'm hungry for for more of that in mm-hmm. life. You know, both from our institutions and politicians and experts
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and even just like in, you know, in our jobs and families and relationships. And, you know, <laughs> it could be um maybe pretty annoying if it's like, <laughs> where do you want to go to dinner? Well, here's what I know. Here's what I don't know. Here's the conditions on which that might change. <laughs> totally.
1: Dude, just what do you want to eat? <laughs> you know, there is that part like, <clears throat> I don't know we were talking before the podcast and how probably infuriating, uh, Matt and I are maybe a little bit <laughs> and how people probably put up with us, but we don't have to put up with each other. <laughs> Our friends put up with us, friends and family. Yeah. It's like, well, why is that? How is that? Where'd you hear that? Oh, can you send me that article? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I have to learn to dial it back over, you know, a little bit. <laughs> yeah like not to like we're just nerds (laughs) Nerds. sorry that's (laughs) it uh oh man but these things excite me i i I get excited about that stuff is like 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 why what are we doing right now like how are we framing yeah this is this is um check our time (laughs) where are you you taking us well i was just it was i was gonna take us back to like maybe even narrative and story and and how we frame the world around us and and that kind of stuff it's like i don't know do we want to go there
0: i think i could go there in a way that that sort of ties this together okay take it Well, I think the reason that, that that sort of formulation excites me so much is because we're not hearing a lot of it. And, you know, so back, let's go back to, I'm, I'm going to, sorry, Anthony Fauci, just keep ripping on him <laughs> a little bit. You know, so recently he's saying everybody needs to wear masks and the White House is saying the same thing. and And they're not saying, here's what we know, here's what we don't, here's the conditions on which that changes. They're just simply saying, you just need to wear masks. And, you know, in a state of emergency, it's sort of fine enough to not say, okay, until when? Okay, what are the contingencies? What are the the, the scenarios in which that changes? You know, but we're 20 months in, and, and so now I think it's fair enough to say, you know, I think we deserve that information. Mm-hmm. And... <clears throat> Again, this is not a statement on efficacy of masks. It's not a statement for or against them. But to your point about narrative is that if there isn't somewhere we're pointed, Mm -hmm. if there isn't some goal clearly articulated, then there's no story that we're living within. And So when you said earlier, like, what is this framed in? The answer is not this is what it's framed in. The answer is we don't really know. Mm-hmm. in a lot of things. You know, where are we going? What, what's the ideal outcome here? What is the story we're living in? How do we want it to end? Yeah. What is the life we desire to live?
1: What are the risks we're willing to take along the way? And, yeah,
0: and then, <clears throat> and then you can start asking, like, yeah, what are the risks we're willing to take in order to achieve that? Yeah. What are the sacrifices we're willing to make in order to achieve that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It seems to me like we're suffering gravely from a lack of inspired, formulated, articulated goals and desires. Mm -hmm. It's
1: like, we don't know the narrative we're living in. Well, it seems very one-dimensional. You know, it's like, we're not taking into multiple factors that are happening. You know, it's like one thing that like, I've been thinking a lot about the last, you know, really since kind of school is coming back. And, and I mean, I think we're very fortunate, you know, to have, you know, Alice and I encourage reading and that kind of stuff. But you think about, you know, many families that don't have maybe parents around or have to work all the time or whatever it might be. And, like, what are we doing to a generation of kids that are not in school, haven't been in school for a year, you know, and how far how far are they behind in whatever subject you could be? Oh, we'll just hold everybody back or whatever. You know, it's like, or come up with some sort of like, but some people need school. Some people need to be out of their environments that they're in, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, and it's a lot, a lot of times it's, well, I mean a, a lot of families, like if you have a fucked up family, you know it's like going to school is the is sort of like your reprieve from being at home, you know, yeah school serves a lot of purposes other than education it does socialization, maybe you don't have access to your friends outside of school because right. you live too far away or right. whatever it might be um, it serves as a safe place it serves as a place that
0: you can eat mhm yeah, eats yeah, well, eats a big one too, yeah serves as to facilitate parents working Mm -hmm. as as daycare. But, but that's another good point is, you know, what has happened to our kids and how do we feel about that? And what do we want for them? Mm -hmm. And if you don't answer those basic questions, then you can't, you can't move along to the next statement of what are we going to do about it? Yeah. And so you're just left in this, um, sort of neutral defensive position taking whatever comes at you Mm -hmm.
1: I mean there's there's again that's just even that's just one variable one it's like you know like like what are we doing to our our psychological health over this period of time you know it's like Mm -hmm. where if you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask maybe symbolizes something distinct or get a vaccine or don't get a vaccine you know it's like you know what kind of divisions are we are we creating within our country? You know, not just around COVID, but there's a lot of, I think there's just, it's, we're kind of rife with that right now without clear distinction of, you know, hey, you're an individual, you know, you need to take responsibility for your life and you need to get with a community of people that will help you do that mm-hmm. and maybe do it together with that community of people. And, but whenever we're, we're so isolated, you know, whether it be visually like a mask. I mean, that's kind of a symbolic version Mm -hmm, of this, mm -hmm. but I mean, I knew people that didn't go out for a year and a half. Yeah. I mean, like, what is that? We, I don't think we know what these things, what the impact of all these things will be on us. Right.
0: You know, and again, in a, and as I said earlier, I think in a state of emergency, it's probably fine not to consider those things Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's only so much that you can consider. Mm -hmm. So, you know, okay, we don't know but what we don't know is is in this moment less dangerous than what we do know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know but here we are quite a ways down the road. And I think that if we don't start asking some of those questions and formulating like what we're okay with and not okay with and where we'd like to be in X number of time units, mm-hmm you know, whether that's like weeks months years um then we are going to as a culture stagnate and require direction until the end of time and that's going to be that's going to be a massive sacrifice of creativity and produ- productivity and innovation
1: human flourishing mm-hmm. <clears throat> Like if I were to make a prediction right now, like I think we were talking about this before. I, th- I think there's a 6 month lag time um as far as like as the narrative changes to as it starts to pick up like like it seems that we're le- we're moving into this moving from a pandemic to being endemic and I think that's something that at some point in the next six months where we're as a nation, as a world community or whatever, it's like, I think there's something in that, that we're going to have to start figuring out as how do we move forward? And I think we've already done that. Like, I mean, obviously we live in Texas and it's like, it's maybe a little bit different, but you're starting to see people. It's like, Hey, you know, what? I kind of have to get on with my life and accept a certain amount of risk, Mm -hmm. you know? And some people find that with the cloth masks with the mask or, or whatever it might be. But I find people are more willing to take a little bit more risk and maybe not as much. Um, be, I mean, cause we're in stage five right now. Stage five does not look like anything like stage five looked back in the day, you know? True. And it was at the time we so we just didn't know anything at all. So I think I see around me more people going, okay, I need to figure out what, with what risk I'm willing to live with, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that's loud. I don't think it's, it's something that people are shouting on Twitter, but I'm seeing it more in personal lives of like real people. Right.
0: <laughs> you know? That's an interesting observation is people are behaving much differently
1: mm-hmm.
0: now than they were last time we were in stage five in Austin. Mm-hmm. And I cannot attribute a change in information no. to that difference mm. because there has been no change in it's not like, hey, we're in stage five. It's different than it was last time because we know more now. Here's what we know that we didn't know before. Mm-hmm. There's That's not part of the comms, you yeah. know? So I think it is, to your point, it's more people just like, yeah,
1: okay. Right, I got it. Risk, mm-hmm. yes, I have to live. And that's something I don't think people are tweeting about or Instagramming. Right, I right, because they're not willing to signal that mm-mm. to the broader world audience. Exactly, because then there's still that like nobody wants to be called irresponsible, mm-hmm. you know, but, at, but at the same time, it's like, well, I thought about that tonight. We went, we went to, uh,
0: grab a burger before dinner and the yeah. guy taking our order, you know, was behind plexiglass and, um, you know, there is a lot of data that changed about the plexiglass dividers actually that I've, I've read recently, but beside the point he was, you know, back there behind the counter and had a mask, but it was, uh, hanging from one ear on the side of his face. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, that's different, right? Than last time we were in stage five. Yeah. And it seemed to me that the difference was he was like, no one can hear me when I'm trying to take their order. So I'll have it in case someone's uncomfortable, but literally I'm just trying to do my job here. Mm-hmm. I want to get the order. And it yeah. was just too painful to keep doing it this way. Like that's the change in sort of like individual
1: behavior mm-hmm. that we're noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny, because I can hear people saying, well, they're just being irresponsible. Sure. You know, it's like... It's like well, and that, that can
0: be true. That can be true, yeah. You know, but there has to be a certain amount of irresponsibility in order to unencumber movement into the future.
1: Like, it just has to be that way. I would I'd probably put that more, like, as risk-taking. Yes. Irresponsibility, you know, it's like... Well, is there a difference... Well, I guess the uh, between the eye, the whoever's uh, <laughs> yeah. looking at the same situation. Yeah, right. It's a it's a subjective difference. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, <laughs> one would say irresponsibility. One would say, well, taking risks, taking yeah. Of, yeah. on a certain amount of risk, right? You know? I and mean, it's like, is gambling irresponsible? <laughs> totally. That's <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> you know, it depends.
1: <laughs> well. Yeah. I think we might've done it. (laughs) We kind of stumbled into a lot of like hot spots. Oh yeah, definitely. Do we like, like,
0: uh, y'all tweet about this, do your best to get (laughs) us canceled. I think that'd be really good for our ratings. (laughs)
1: Totally. (laughs) Uh, it's like, I always want to put a caveat into this is, you know, but, but really it's just like, we're not experts. We're dealing with all these things, trying to work through them. And we have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's, That's
0: what we do. (laughs) Well, it's not even necessarily we have questions because we're skeptical. We have questions because questions are awesome. Yeah. True. Fucking love questions. (laughs) Uh You learn, you learn so much by, I mean, that's how you learn is by asking questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, with a lot of this stuff, I, I feel like all the hot, areas we kind of wandered into we even sort of said hey like i'm not making a statement on what i believe i'm trying to extract a principle hmm. and, and build a framework with which i can think about these things True. Yeah. and into which i can inject questions and watch that that question sort of bounce around the the pinball table and things light up and sounds happen and Mm -hmm. you know it's a wonderful experience and you know we may come to a conclusion or we or we may not but coming up with a principle coming up with the principles for how to think about things Mm -hmm. and using real world examples in order to to do that i think is a really worthwhile experience even if you don't change your mind true That's the Shores, baby.
1: (laughs) Cheers. Thanks for coming with us, y'all. We love you guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.